It matters what you do with your child when they're growing up, when they're in these formative stages. It matters what you're teaching them. Teaching your child is not throwing them in a room because we've had all we can take of them, so we throw them into a room and we just put them at the end of a technological device to help babysit them so we don't have to deal with it. Parenting is time-consuming and it's difficult. We can't always rely on the TV, some, some kind of iPhone, some kind of video game just to take care of our kids. You've got to spend the time developing them. It is a parent-child interaction that will ultimately develop your child into what they need to be and who they need to be for the future. Welcome to the Master Level Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie Gaines, and I'm so glad that you're here with me on the show today. I want to say thank you to those who are listening to the show, downloading each episode, because each week we bring something new to you about marriage and maybe the household, maybe the family. And so I'm so grateful that you jump on here each time that we upload a new show. I want to say that if you have a comment or some kind of suggestion, just go down below in the show notes and you can click on comment and leave us a comment. Maybe it's a topic for another show. And we might just highlight your topic and it might become a show. So thank you again for downloading, listening to the show. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being on here with me today. I want to talk to you, for especially those who are parents that are raising kids. I'm telling you, uh, kids are one of the toughest things you will ever do as a parent, raising those kids, bringing your kids up to be good kids. Now, one of the things that we might I might say at the, at the beginning of this is that good kids, or the word good, might be subjective in certain homes. What's good? What, what looks good? Uh, so, But I, I believe them for the most part, we're talking about developing kids that are respectful, they're honest. We want to bring up kids that are trustworthy, they're courteous, you know, they're, they uh, don't talk back, <laughs> they, they are well-disciplined in some way. Um, maybe one day they'll become great parents and good parents, and I believe that is developed over time. And... Some of the things I'm going to be talking to you in this episode is about you as a parent. It matters so much what you do in the formative lives of those kids, uh, how you treat each other in your marriage, uh, what what you say to them, how you treat them. It, it makes a huge difference in one day when they become parents. And also, when we talk about good kids, we're talking about one day having good law-abiding citizens for children that they learn from a very early age how to react, how to act, and just how to live in society in a pleasant, trustworthy, respectful, and honest way. Now, the Bible, in Psalm 127.3, that King Solomon wrote this particular book or in, in this in one of the songs, and he writes it like this. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. 
<laughs> sometimes they might not seem quite like a reward or a gift, or if they, if they seem like a gift, it might be a tough gift. But I want to ask you this question. If Jesus were standing here right now or standing where you are, and he handed you a gift, maybe, maybe it was gold, maybe it was rubies, treasure of some kind, but he handed you a precious, valuable gift, and he said, take care of this, protect it, protect it from thieves, protect it from, from the outside elements, protect it where you can one day pass it on to generations and it will still have the same value as when I gave it to you. Would you just throw it around, throw it to the side and not even know where it was, where it was at times and maybe just neglected it and didn't take care of it? I don't think so. I think if you were given a gift in that way and the gift would be something that you would cherish over a lifetime. It would bring back benefits to you and you knew that in the future that that this particular gift, this reward would be a benefit. I think you'd take care of it and you would cherish it. You would, you would do everything in your power to protect it and take care of it. Well, King Solomon states that children are that reward. They are a gift from the Lord. It matters what you do with the gift that you've been given. I, I get it. It's difficult. Raising children, especially in the world we live in now, the era, the era that we're in, it's very, very difficult to raise children. There are so many forces that are against us, so many um, things uh, that we view on TV, on video games, other peers that just make our job that much more difficult to raise children. There's so many things against us, but there are also a lot of things for you. And I think that in this episode, I was, I just want to talk to you, just get down to some, just be real with you about children. Uh, my wife and I have two children and both of them are on their own. They, they are, um, they have their own families and we've, we're past the stages of raising kids. And I'm going to tell you, when we started, I don't think we really knew what all to do. We really didn't know all the right answers. We had a, a idea from our own family of origin how the household was, was uh, developed and, and how they carried out discipline and how they carried out dysfunction as a family. And growing up as a child, we, we saw how that played out. Was it all, was it all the right way? Um, I don't know that it was all perfect and I don't know that it was all right, but we did learn some things and we carry some of the things from our family origin over in our lives. If you're a young parent now, or if you're close to being a, a new parent or you're planning on being a parent, it's, you're going to carry some of those things from your childhood over into your relationship with that child, with your child. And it matters what you do from the time they're born until the time they leave the home and they're on their own. Now, you've got just a little amount of time. Sometimes when they're in their early years, you think, oh, my gosh, 
how long is this going to take until I'm not dealing with this attitude, this this defiance? Um, just it just it just seems like it takes forever, but the, but it goes by so quickly. I think back on our children, and um, I miss some of those days. I miss some of those times whenever they were younger, and it just seems that it went by so quickly. I know we didn't do everything perfectly. I know, um, speaking for myself, you know, I can't speak for my wife, but I, but speaking for myself, I believe there were some things I could have done differently, could have acted a little bit differently, could have said some things differently. But at the time, I was doing my best to raise up good, respectful, honest, trustworthy, courteous children, hoping that one day they would be good parents, hoping that one day that they would be good law-abiding citizens, that they were an they they were a um, a um, uh, kids that were great for the society, that they were something good for the world. And so we do our best and sometimes it's difficult. We don't, we don't know the right decisions to make a lot of times. I wish, I wish it were easier, but sometimes we just have to make the decision. And I think it is inevitable that we make the decisions that we don't just pass it off to someone else. Don't let someone else raise your child. I know that I grew up in the church and been a part of the church all my life and I see where many parents rely on the church to, to basically raise their children up in a belief system and I, I don't really believe that's what the church is for the church is to solidify what we teach them in home in our homes it's it's the parents place to raise them up in a belief system it's the parents job to raise them up in a disciplinary way in a good way to make good kids now, it's not the church's place. The church can come alongside the parents and help develop that and help strengthen that and help solidify what you're teaching them at home. When we have children, it's our responsibility to make sure that one day that they will be an asset to society. They will be asset to, an asset to uh, their spouses. They'll be an asset to their children. And it starts from the time that they're born. Some people say, well, when, they, when they're crawling and, and before, before they can walk, they, they, they really don't have the mindset to really understand things. Well, I have to disagree with that. I, I did a, a test one time with my daughter. She couldn't walk. She, she could only crawl. She was very, very young. And one thing that she liked to do is she liked to get the remote control for the TV. And have her playing with the remote control was not that was part of our no-no uh, for her she could not play with that um, remote but she pushed herself to try her best to get that remote if it was laying around so one day I had a video camera and the remote was laying across the room and she kept eyeballing that remote and this I, I want to show you how that a child starts at a very young age developing a, they, they have an innate uh, character in them to be defiant, to be, to go against the rules, to go. We don't have to teach a kid to be bad. 
We don't have to teach them to go against the rules. We, we, don't, we have to teach them to be good. It's innate to be bad. It's easy to be bad. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, it's, it seems like it's just ingrained in them, so we teach them what's right. We teach them to be good. She kept eyeballing that remote. I had the video camera on her, and she kept, she would crawl for a little ways, and she would stop and just just lay there. And I had my eye on her, and I'm thinking, you, you know what you're doing. And I told her, no, you no, you leave that alone. You cannot have that. That's not something you can have. No. And she just laid there looking at the remote in her mind. I'm, I'm thinking this little young thing is thinking, is it worth it to go get that remote? And so I, I continued to video her. And she'd crawl a little bit. She would stop. And she would just just wait to see what was going to happen. And she would look at that remote. Finally, she crawled, got really close to it and stopped. And I, I don't, you know, I would love to, would, I would love to known what she was thinking, but all at once she turned and looked up at me to see if I was watching her. Now, this is a young little thing that can't even walk yet. And people say, well, they don't really know. They, they don't know to do wrong. They're, they're, they, she wanted to see if I was watching her and I'm thinking in her mind, she's thinking, okay, is it worth it for me to get what I want? Is the, are the consequences worth me getting satisfaction? (laughs) Maybe that's not what she's thinking, but that's what I think. She looked at me. She knew I was watching her. And her wants and her desires overrode the consequences. And she reached for the remote and grabbed it anyway, knowing that discipline was coming. And I, you know, they, they started at a very young age. And people say, well, they don't, they don't understand. They don't understand. Listen, we, I believe that the disciplinary parts of a child start early, even, even younger than her crawling across that. I think that, that this is a great part of, of growing, developing your child. And that is discipline. I don't know what your discipline method is. That's up to you, but children need discipline. Uh, Our brains do not form, uh, at the that the at the high level to think rationally until we are in our adult stages. I looked at some research and some things written on the human brain, and I, I just want to read this to you. I, I hope I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to not read a lot, but I just want you to get the idea of what the human brain does because the human brain has uh, what they call plasticity, and it develops and it grows and it changes and it takes a certain amount of time for the human brain to get to the point where it can think rationally. And so it matters as they are young, as we are training up these children and bringing them up that we help mold and teach them things. Some people call, call it brainwashing. 
Um, but I say that we, we have to create something in their minds and help develop them and train them because if they don't have the training, they basically just come to know things for themselves. And sometimes that's not good. We need to know. And in this article I read, it states this, the brain of the adolescent goes through a phase of plasticity and pruning of synapses as did the brain of the toddler years earlier. So now we're talking about adolescent versus toddler. But, but watch, environmental factors can have major lasting effects on this changing brain circuitry. Or I'm sorry, circuitry. Because adolescents are so readily influenced by emotions, they stand to profit from learning in a positive emotional context that is intentionally designed to train emotional regulation. So as these children are growing, their brains are growing from a a toddler phase to an adolescent phase, it matters of, of how we train them and teach them, teach them to handle their emotions, Teach them an emotional context that is designed to help train them to regulate these emotions. It goes on to say, thankfully, emotional regulation and the brain structures responsible for it are influenced by parent-child interactions. It matters what you do with your child when they're growing up, when they're in these formative stages. It matters what you're teaching them. Listen, teaching your child is not throwing them in a room because we've had all we can take of them, so we throw them into a room and we just put them at the end of a technological device to help babysit them so we don't have to deal with it. I understand there are times when we need a break. <laughs> we got to have a break. We need to think rationally, and so we put them in a room playing something so we can breathe and think I get that. Even now, as a grandparent, we have we have three grandchildren. Two of them are very young. There are times when we have to think rationally and, and be able to concentrate. So we give them some kind of something to kind of uh, get them quiet, and that and that is a form of of maybe gathering some time to think and to rationalize to take care of what we need to take care of. But listen. Too many times we just throw them into a room and just to babysit them so we can just say, leave us alone. Parenting is time-consuming and it's difficult. We can't always rely on the TV, some, some kind of iPhone, some kind of video game just to take care of our kids. You've got to spend the time developing them. It is a parent-child interaction that will ultimately develop your child into what they need to be and who they need to be for the future. We need to be like have our own mental capacity in check before we start trying to bring about uh, some kind of a, uh, exposure to a child, a child emotionally. It says during this period of brain development, when the rewards of social connection outpace the ability to think about consequences. Adolescents seek novelty and strong emotions, sometimes putting their health and future plans at serious risk. In other words, these young kids um, from, from, you know, from the toddler to the adolescent, 
they cannot think sensibly at times. And this brain development has not reached the point where the rewards of, of the social connection outpace the ability to think about consequences. Just like when my daughter was crawling, crawling across the room to get that remote. Her brain had not developed to the point where she could rationally think about the consequences being overriding the pleasure. They, they, children, even up to the teen year and into the early adult phases and adult stages, cannot think sensibly. Man, I think about when I was 16 to 17 years old, I... I I didn't think rationally like I do now. Uh, there's, I think differently. My mind, my brain has grown and and matured to the point where I rationalize things differently. When I was a, when I was 17, 15, 16 years old, I didn't think like I do now. Our brains weren't mature. And so, as we see this, we see that we need to help our children grow up and develop, help, help them. Their brains are developing and it matters what you put in those brains matter. It matters how you help. I'm not telling, I'm not saying that we brainwash a child. I'm saying that we have to develop them. We have to have some set rules and some set, set guidelines to help mold them and teach them and develop them. This is what discipline is. It's all about teaching, developing and molding minds. And then one day they will determine on their own when they when they have a more of a mature mind, they'll determine on their own. They'll make their own decisions. And but we have to be molded and we have to be taught and we have to be developed over a period of time to help us get to that point. This one particular resource states that a baby's early life experiences, which is seeing parents' faces, hearing their voices, and being held in its parents' arms provide important sensory inputs that shape connections between neurons. It's so important. Listen to me closely. Spend time with your kids. Uh, talk to them. This is the early stages. This is the early formative stages of their life. Hold them. Love on them. It's important. It, it helps um, shape these connections. And it says during these critical periods of, in, of development, inputs from, from sensory, motor, and even emotional aspects of life experiences affect how the brain develops and adapts to the given environment. It matters when they're younger, when they're developing. It matters what you do with them, which helps develop and adapt their brains. Their brain develops over a period of time. It goes on to say this, that adolescence can be thought of as a second critical period. So you have your, your first of all, you, you have your baby experience, and then you have your adolescent, which is a considered a second critical period, as the more complex functions of the brain develop and can be influenced by environmental and experiences. So even from the baby stages into the adolescence, it becomes even more critical that we help develop and influence their environment and their experience. And some of that comes through discipline. But see, we, we, we see, sometimes we see discipline as 
punishment. When we sometimes when we think of discipline, oh no, we're gonna have to discipline that child as punishment. See, see, discipline is not just a punishment, but discipline is also a reward. Uh, discipline is not just punishment, or it, it can be, uh, as, as I said earlier, discipline is teaching, discipline is developing, discipline is molding. Discipline is not just punishment. It's not just a rewards punishment. It is teaching. We need to take the time to teach our children how to be good. We need to develop, help develop them over a period of time. And, you know, my wife was really the best I've ever seen when we were raising our children on how to be really creative. And even to the point our daughter was, uh, you know, I mentioned her earlier. She's, she was very, she was a strong willed child. She wasn't, she didn't really get real defiant, but she was just strong willed. She was stubborn and she just, you know, would want her way at many times. And, and, you know, even to the point where she was really, really young and she would just want, she wanted to pick out her own clothes and, and, you know, she wasn't old enough to pick her own clothes out. Um, but here's what my wife would do to help her, because here's the thing, you don't want to break your child's spirit. You know, sometimes we want to just totally change the child, but that's not what we want. I want, I wanted my children, you know, my son was the same way. He had, he was just a, my son was a different personality than, than my daughter. I didn't ever, never wanted to break their spirit. And when you discipline a child, which I'm talking sometimes punishment and sometimes reward, but many times teaching, developing and molding that they never have to lose their identity. They don't have to, you don't have to break their spirit. And my daughter was very out, she was a little strong-willed and she wanted to pick her own clothes, you know, even though she wasn't old enough to really even understand, she would want to pick her own clothes. So what my wife would do, instead of saying, no, you are not old enough, I'm going to pick your clothes, you, you're not going to, what she would do is she would pick about three, my wife would pick about maybe two or three different outfits and lay them on the bed and put all of the things that matched with it. And she would let her pick one of the three. And it made my daughter feel like, oh, boy, I'm, I'm so big now. I get to pick my own clothes. But she kind of helped her, guide her into what she needed to pick. And she picked one that she was allowed to pick on the bed. And she, it didn't break her spirit. It may, actually made her think that she was getting to pick her own clothes. So there's ways to do this to help mold and develop your child, but yet still maintain a certain aspect to help, um, uh, you know, help develop them mentally and emotionally. And at this second critical period, this adolescence, um, it's, it's complex and it greatly, uh, it's greatly influenced by the environment and their experience. So if, if we're not really spending the time with them, molding them and create and, you know, help teaching them and developing them, and we're just throwing them in front of a TV or throwing them in from some uh, video game or something, that's what's teaching your children. That's what's bringing them up. That's what's developing them. So how can we as parents fly off the handle and go berserk when our child acts out in a certain way when all they're getting 
is a video game, TV, or some other source outside of our own rules teaching our children. We have to be the overall teachers, the overall developers, and the overall, overall molders of our children. And then when they act out outside of that, we find some way to discipline them and bring them back into alignment the way that we have developed in the way that we're creating them. I guess you could say that, yeah, we're kind of developing their brains. We're trying to kind of pushing their brains in a certain direction. Some people call it brainwashing. Well, maybe that's what you want to call it, but I call it developing. And then one day they're going to determine whether this is the direction I want to go. But I want them to be able to do that when their minds are more stable, their minds are more developed than as a young age trying to figure out and, and have their own way. And the parents just saying, okay, well, you know, this is what they want. Well, they're two. They're not old enough to decide what they want. Well, they're 13, so I'm just going to let them kind of do what they want. No, they're not old enough to decide what they want to do. You have to, you have to develop this in them. You have to create this and help them develop their experiences. We can't just leave it to chance. I think this is why our society right now, the children are just running rampant, just making all these decisions is because the parents won't stand up and they won't say, no, that is a dumb decision. And I'm not going to let you make that decision because you're not old enough to realize. You know, one, one of the things I see in so many families and bringing up children is this screaming method. They just scream all the time with their child. They just scream and lecture. You don't have to scream and lecture at your child. No is no, and yes is yes. The scripture even tells us, let your no's be no, let your yeses be yes. When you say yes, it's a yes. When you say no, it's a no. It might not be a no forever, but it's a no right now. With our kids, sometimes they would ask us something to do something or maybe go somewhere, and we weren't really for sure if it, the, the details. So the first thing was no, no, no. Right now is no. It didn't mean that it was no tomorrow or no from now on. It just says, I need some time to think about this, and right now it's a no. And then let's look at it, and then maybe it becomes a yes. But the problem is, is we say no, we, and so the child doesn't comply. And so we say, then we go into a screaming match instead of just saying, listen, it is a no. You're going to have to take it for what it is. Instead, we go into screaming match and this lecture match. And then two or three, five minutes later, later, we're still on this lecture, just lecturing them. And the child is sitting down now with all, with, with their whole, uh, I, their whole mind is just gone. Um, they're, they're beat up, beat down, and they're just sitting there in, 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 in the twilight zone, just staring into space, and, and, the, and the parent is still lecturing them, just going off lecturing. That, uh, that bugs me more than anything is to hear a parent just sit there and just go off for five, ten minutes lecturing a child, just tell them what they need to know and tell them no or tell them yes, and that's the point. This is this as far as it's going. I've said what I've said. We'll talk about it. If you want, if you want to talk about it, discuss it. Let's do it. But I'm not going to sit here and lecture you and scream. Our home was never a home where we screamed and yelled at our children. Now, I did raise my voice a couple of times to get their attention, but I never screamed. We never screamed in our home and just screamed and yelled and threw things and lectured. 
this is the way it is. I'm sorry if, if this does not fit what you want right now, but I'm just doing this for your own good. I'm, I'm not doing this to pun, trying to make your life miserable. I'm just saying this is, this is what I believe, and this is the way it's going to be. And there are no options. You know, I might make the wrong decision. I could as a parent, and I probably did make a wrong decision many times, but I thought it to be the best decision. Sometimes you have to just make a decision. You could be wrong. And there have been times I've come back and had to apologize and say, you know what, I just I went overboard a little bit, and I apologize for that. But at the time, I'm going to make the decision. I'm not going to scream, yell, lecture. I'm just going to make the decision. We're going to move on. One of the other things that this, this research stated was this. It talks about plasticity, and, and plasticity is the ability of the brain to modify itself and adapt to the environment the environmental challenges, including sensory inputs. So your brain has the ability to adapt to the environment challenges or the environment around you. It mat- Here again, it matters how you help your child develop their brains over an st- extended period of time because their brain will adapt and modify itself to their environment. And it goes on to say this, adult brains are better wired up for cognitive control than our adolescent brains, in which decision-making is more highly influenced by emotions, rewards, and social influences as we get older. And some of the studies show that at about 40 years old, the brain has kind of reached that place where some of the some of the gray matter and the white matter begins to change. So I'm not saying that at 40 years old, you have to wait till you're 40 before your brain gets to where it makes ra- rational decisions. But at 40s, when it really starts seeing a, a change in those that gray and white matter, where we really become at a great place where we can make rational decisions. But at 20 years old, they it has been said that maybe 21 and up, you start getting more mature in your brain where you can make rational decisions. So think about this. Your child, all the way up to 20 years old, has difficulties making some of the right decisions because the brain has not been fully developed. We have to help them. And it's up to the parents. Raising kids might go all the way into their 20s. Even today, you know, I get calls from my children. They're in their 30s. And they're still calling and saying, hey, I need help with this. I, I jump. When they, when they say they need help, I jump. I don't complain about it. I, I might joke around with them a little bit, but I, I am so thankful and grateful that they still call me and say, Dad, I need help. I need, I, what, what, what do you think about this? How, how would you do this? Even today, they call me and ask me, what do you think about this? That makes me feel so good. They, they ask my wife. My, they'll go to my wife and say, what do you think about this? Can you help me with this? And we are so ready to help them. And we do not get in their business. We do not get in into their families and their business to the point where we tell them what to do. When they come to us and ask, we help them. They're old enough that they need to be on their own. They're old enough they need to be making their own decisions. But I'm ready and willing at any time to step in if they ask to help them in any way possible. And now I get the joys of experiencing grandkids. You know, I think as a grand, grandpa, a poppy, that the grandkids have shown me a lot 
uh, they have really given me a lot of idea of how to to really take care of young children. I wish I would have known some of these things. I, I'm, I'm a little bit more soft as a grandfather, a grandparent, but it's taught me to be more patient and to look at things a little bit differently as with kids than when I was first a dad. But man, grandkids are so good. So the, but you know, even as a grandparent, I've, I've gotten on to the grandkids, which is not quite often. I'm pretty soft, but sometimes whenever I, I raise my voice a little bit and I tell them, no, you can't do that. They look at you like, wow, did, did you just tell me no? And there's a video that we have of, of, of our six-year-old with, which he, I don't remember what age he was. He was old enough to talk and he told on me, um, he'd stayed all night with us and I guess I had gotten on to him. Um, and he went back home and told on me and he, his, his mom says, so did Poppy get on to you? And he said, yes, Poppy got on to me. And he, and she says, what did he do? He, she, he said, he told me no. And he was telling on me cause he was, he was got in trouble and, and he, I heard his feelings and he said, Poppy told me no. And so that poor little thing was crushed because Poppy told him, no, I can't believe I told this little thing, this little boy, no, you know, just breaks my heart now that I told him no, but I told him no. And it broke his heart. But you know what? Sometimes no is no. Make your no's no and your yes is yes. Listen, your child needs you to bring them up and help mold their minds into what they should be and become respectful, honest, trustworthy, and courteous. And one day they will become good parents. And one day they will become good law-abiding citizens that are an asset to the world. I want to leave you with that today. I hope this has been good. I hope this has been helpful. If you have any comments, questions, please leave those below and let's talk more about kids in the future. If you have any questions on how to raise your children, what, what, what I might do or what we might do as a, as a couple, my wife and me, just send me the questions and let's, let's have a conversation and we'll help you in any way possible. And it will make your life better when your kids are in are doing what they need to do it'll make your marriages better sometimes kids can be a problem in the relationship with you and your your spouse but make this about creating great great kids that grow up to be an asset to society i want to leave you with this today be your best self live out your full potential and experience your best marriage i will see you on the next show